0: Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, a podcast for consciousness conversations with your hosts, myself, Jeffrey Stegman.
1: And I'm Clayton Stegman.
0: As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, We're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level.
1: In this episode, we talk about shadow. We define it and we give five practical steps for you to understand your shadow and begin to transcend it.
0: Welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you with us i'm jeffrey stegman
1: and i'm clayton
0: stedman today we're going to talk about personal evolution of consciousness uh, the flfe mission is supporting the evolution of consciousness in, in an economized society meaning in our everyday life of working and things that we need to do to pay the bills so, what do we mean by evolution of consciousness? There, Clayton. Well,
1: there's lots of ways to describe this, depending on what background you come from. We'll try to cover uh, a number of different um, language preferences. We'll call them. Mm. Some people would call a uh, the evolution of consciousness uh, a rise in vibration. Uh, some people might call it a rise in consciousness. If you talk a lot about consciousness, we, we use that, that term a lot at FLFE. We use, um, typically the, uh, Hawkins scale of consciousness, uh, created by Dr. David Hawkins. We use that a lot. And, uh, on that scale, it's a logarithmic scale from, uh, zero or, or one actually to infinity. And, uh, one to a thousand is the human domain. Uh, Two hundred is courage, four hundred is reason, six hundred is enlightenment. So if we're talking about going from four hundred out of a thousand on the Hawkins scale of consciousness to five hundred or six hundred, then you are talking about a rise in consciousness and you could use that on that same, Um, way of thinking about any other scale that you want to talk about Mm. on a practical day-to-day life, you know, language, we talk about an increase in joy, an increase in peace, an increase in fulfilling relationships or clarity of purpose, the ability to consciously create the future Mm. that, is for the greater good. Mm. A devolution of consciousness would be to create a future that is subservient to your unconscious shadow ego, which we'll talk about shortly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah. A, that that co-creation or that manifestation is something we talk about a lot with subscribers, uh, FLFE subscribers. That as you rise in consciousness, there these would be a general principle that there's more power to what, what dr hawkins had taught more power to to manifest to create the life that you want to create and as you move up into say in the 500s on the hawkins map the love zone and and higher up that you know you're including more and more of creation is uh, benefiting from from what you're what you're manifesting
1: yeah. We could say it's more fun in life, more laughter, you know, mm-hmm. things like that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Laughter seems mm-hmm. one of those universal with mm-hmm. divinity, you know, that these people that, um, channel, or if there's connection across the veil, there seems to be always laughter, which is, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's very re- reassuring to me that.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It seems that, uh, in the higher consciousness channelings the, or, or wherever you get your information,
0: joy and laughter is a sign of truth. So we we talk about in these podcasts a lot about high consciousness fields, uh, consciousness fields in general, and and high ones being, of course, high up on the map of consciousness, you know, in 500s in the love zone or up higher. And that in those high consciousness zones or environments, just like in a uh you know, a high place like a cathedral or a mosque or wherever there's a lot of loving devotion to a higher power, or um you know, in a in a in a pilgrimage zone where people go for specific purposes, um, we're supported to rise naturally. And so we've we've talked about that in other podcasts. So in FLFE now the high consciousness field starts at 550. You can move it up to 570. And uh, what's our current increase on average over the first 90 days, Clayton, in the field? Yeah, it seems to be going
1: up over the years, and right now it's stable at about 30 points on average. Mm-hmm. Now some people are, you know, go up a little more. Some people a little less. Mm-hmm. But thirty points is uh, is a significant increase on in the Hawkins scale because it's it's logarithmic. So one point mm-hmm. higher is ten times more power. So if you were at say five ten on the Hawkins scale of consciousness and you went to five eleven, you have ten times
0: more power to uh to create the life you want. Mm-hmm. So in a high in a consciousness zone or you know it seems any positive environment there's there's a natural evolution that's happening and then of course there's taking action or having the intention to grow, to do personal work on the path you know path of evolution of our own personal consciousness and of course there's larger scale uh, you know societal Consciousness. Um, so, in the uh, in in the personal side of things, the personal growth or work on consciousness. What are some of the areas that you know? Some of the tools or areas that we will work on. Yeah, well, just kind of the practical thing. If people
1: are looking to um, experience what a higher level of consciousness is. They could, um, you know, see if they can apply it to create more value in the world and receive more money for that value. To receive money in uh, ways that are outside of just working, like winning it or being gifted to you or finding it or manifesting it in some way that's perhaps even outside of your understanding. We're just talking about money because it uh, represents survival. We're going to talk a lot about the ego today. Um, for some people, it's just finding a parking spot. You know, um, <laughs> we have one serious. of our staff looking for a place. We're just talking to Maria earlier, and she's got superpowers in finding a uh, a place. You know, a home, a new home. So, in that part of her life, she would have, I think, a really high level of consciousness, Jeff. Mm-hmm. And um, there's other aspects of this, of course. There's just having more joy uh, in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, a higher level of consciousness typically is associated with seeing areas where you struggle or mm-hmm. feel held back. Mm-hmm. Although, when you're kind of in the middle of it, you know, you're in the middle of it all, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
0: there's still struggles, of course, but as mm-hmm. a general rule of thumb. Yeah, for me, the, you know, finding those joy zones, you know, those places where, uh, everything comes easily mm-hmm. you know it's like my gifts are being fully utilized and that's where you know spending more time in those to me is a what is is a, is a advancement forward you know into more joy more more love of life and um, higher consciousness and then yeah it's seen scene where it's hard you know things don't happen easily things don't move forward we're stuck i'm stuck on the same thing for weeks and weeks well that's a that you know rather than being frustrated by it which is uh, natural and then certainly go there but like okay there's an opportunity what's the what's holding me back you know oh. what's what's the unconscious pattern or belief um or habit and we're gonna get much more into that that's could be holding me back and it's just not it's not conscious like my intention is to go to the next step and i just don't get there um and that's that's uh commonly called shadow you know that that unconscious holding you back something you're not aware of something um that's that's not accepted but let's go into a we love our def getting our definitions high, you know, like yeah. there's, there's Jungian, you know, definitions of shadow. There's Freud Freudian definitions of shadow. We've kind of taken a synthesis of those and added s- some other things to it in order to come up with a high definition of shadow. You want to take us through that Clayton? Yeah. So when we're looking at creating
1: definitions, we use references such as, uh, um, well, the Oxford Dictionary is the highest consciousness dictionary in the world. Mm. Um, Wikipedia is not really that high, but sometimes the definitions are 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 helpful. And um, also, again, uh, North America, it's the uh, Webster Dictionary that's more common. Mm. We typically don't use that because the Oxford is the highest one. Mm. So, and we also take our. Um, information from classical spiritual and religious literature so it's really finding truth is where you find it as they say mm-hmm. so this definition of shadow is very contextual and in, in, in that it's personal shadow mm. so personal shadow is the unconscious aspect of oneself mm. it is essentially the singular issue and the total of all negative aspects of the persona that have been disowned from the personal self Mm. traits that are what we normally perceive as being inferior, evil, or unacceptable acting on, or even acknowledging these traits would cause a person to have a negative perception of themselves. These types of undesirable traits, which not openly acknowledged are a common factor amongst humans. Hmm. And so then we gave an example. Um, you know, there is an aspect of all of our minds that wants to dominate others as the mind perceives that it has an increased chance of survival if it does so. Hmm. So we've talked about, this a lot jeff when we talk about it in the company we talk about it in our personal lives there is uh, a default to the mind and it's and its job is really to help us survive and we just have to remember that and it Mm -hmm. thinks it is going to increase its chance of helping us survive if it is if it is dominant Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, it's an interesting thing to keep out in front of you
0: yeah that that's for that if that's unconscious, we may be doing it, and not realizing it, and um yet yeah, to know that that's part of all of our minds and that that to me is important that it's not just me, it's everybody has this um Gosh. because a lot of shadow it seems when I've come up upon things that I don't like about myself then there can be shame around that or, you know, why aren't I better, why aren't I higher consciousness? But if it's really just something that's common to everyone and it's part of the survival of the uh, biological being, you know, that that's been built into us at some point. Yeah. It seems to be hardwired. I'm sure the, uh,
1: the brain uh, psychologist or the, whatever that specialty is is you know they would talk about the amygdala and the reptilian uh, center and and how that's activated when uh, we're in certain situations there is other aspects of the mind that are helping us trying to help us survive by not just dominating it could be to deceive or to divide and conquer subterfuge there's many different aspects of that or expressions of it it's just not mm-hmm. i want to be bigger and stronger or, or just i want to have more money than you there's a, there's a lot of aspects of this but
0: we wanted to give an example mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. we're not just talking in theory here and we're tending to use mind rather than ego though mm-hmm. you know ego is also used and you know is probably more tied to to the, uh, the Freudian, the, the Freudian theories. So we're talking about these shadow pieces in us that are unconscious that might be running the show in some ways. Um, and, uh, we don't know it. So how do, I guess one of the key pieces is how do we find those, you know, like how do they show themselves so that we can, um, use it as an opportunity. Again, the, the The perspective here or the for this episode is rising and consciousness is growing ourselves into more joy and um, love and and uh an experience of life that's abundant so you know the shadow work as it's called or shadow opportunity part of it is recognizing where their shadows are um I mean, for me, it's like we talked about, it's that blockage, you know, is mm-hmm. one thing, is one thing. It's like I want to move forward. I have the intention to move forward. I'm taking a few steps and zing, I'm like back to set, square one. It's like there's a giant rubber band that's all these unconscious patterns or beliefs or shadow or whatever it is that's saying, no, you know, you're not doing that. So there, there's a big red flag for me like okay what's there what's what's there to look at
1: yeah um you don't have to go very far looking for shadow Um, (laughs) one of the great things you know personally about setting goals is that you have something to measure your progress in life against (laughs) and the great part about professional careers like accounting and engineering is you have a standard that you need to adhere to and rise to in terms of your Mm -hmm. understanding and application of Mm. mathematical principles Mm. and um, setting goals is a way of using a mathematical principle to help you move forward and, you know, you can look at the world and see what other people set, but then you have to be aware of too much comparison, right? Um, just recently, I seem to be doing a lot of financial planning. I'm at that age where it's becoming more and more important. And so you look at these, you know, standardized tables of how much, you know, you need to uh, to live on in retirement if, you, if you're not working. Now, I don't ever plan to really stop working totally so it's a different um, context i would say but having a goal and having to move towards it is an opportunity for you to uh, take a look at what's holding you back Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. that's one of the great things about goal setting Mm -hmm. and if you say well i just want to be happy and live in the moment that that's okay that's great and if you're not happy and living in the moment then there's your there's your opportunity to look at your shadow what's holding you back Mm -hmm. Uh, you know are you able to live an abundant life in whatever way you know you do that that's integrous Mm -hmm. so it doesn't typically take that much work to find your shadow
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes it can be a physical feeling in the body Mm -hmm. for me uh it's around my throat kind of high hard throat area and um i call it a hairball it feels like a just a tightness there. When I think about doing something or somebody or, you know, some, something that I want to move forward on. And I just get that tight feeling. It's like, uh Oh, you know, there's something going on there. So, so it may show up in the body somewhere.
1: Absolutely. yeah. Our body's extremely intelligent and how it wants to process out negative energy. The, Mm -hmm. the theory that we sort of hold to is, that if you have a shock or trauma it's held in the aura Mm. and that the body, when you have these sensations is literally telling you where the energy is uh, being released through. Mm. And it has a lot of innate intelligence on where it should do that. Mm. And so if you're able to be quiet enough, you can notice these sensations in the body. And some people feel a sensation and label it as anxiety or, uh, fear Mm. or are you in anger and it's very helpful at times to to disconnect the sensation from a feeling because Mm. once you have a feeling or you identify a feeling or label it the mind loves to grab that and make a story out of it Mm -hmm. and stories of the past jeff like you know when you had something happen to you as a kid or five or ten years ago or even last week and you keep playing that story or that story keeps playing in your head or you keep playing that story in your head and this time you have the right things to say, and you have the right, you know, state to be in. That's typically, uh, yeah, that that's a sign of an unprocessed shock or trauma, which is a form of shadow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something about that situation that you haven't made peace with, and so another definition of being free of shadow, I think, would be would be to be at peace. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and in some philosophies, they say that the goal is to be neutral, but mm-hmm. at least in the um, the work of Dr. David Hawkins, which we refer to quite a bit, neutrality calibrates around 250 on the Hawkins mm-hmm. scale of consciousness, where love calibrates at uh, over 500, mm-hmm. 500 and above. So um, that's an interesting distinction that neutrality, at least in that definition Mm -hmm. is not the ultimate state and i've I've found Mm -hmm. certain people who've been trained you know very well in a type of philosophical thinking their goal is to be neutral Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and if you were looking at different bodies of work you know that's their that's their ultimate state so um you, know, you have to determine for yourself if that's true for you, if you feel like neutrality is the place you want mm-hmm. to go to, and if there's possibly a version of neutrality that, that includes and transcends love. So when mm-hmm. I've gotten into these conversations with people, sometimes that's where we end up, is that their mm-hmm. definition of neutral is just different than the one that others mm-hmm. have, probably including mm-hmm. me.
0: So where would acceptance fit into that? Is acceptance in neutrality, uh, or is it a higher or lower? Well, at least in the Hawkins.
1: Uh, yeah, on the Hawkins scale of consci- consciousness, um, acceptance is around 350.
0: Hmm.
1: And then reason is 400. You know, the, the court system, judges, accountants, any integrist profession is in the high 400s. Mm-hmm. And
0: then
1: mm-hmm. when you get to 500, it becomes a love. So, for example, acceptance, Jeff, the way that I understand the Hawkins scale would be uh, acceptance would include and transcend the levels below it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So to include courage, you know, and if you go down below the level of integrity in the Hawkins map, it would include and transcend right from the bottom, right from shame, despair, anger, pride, courage, Mm -hmm. right? Neutrality. And then Mm -hmm. acceptance would include and transcend all of those. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah we'll talk about acceptance as part part of the process of working with shadow i think one of the other uh clues about shadow and maybe it relates to the childhood stories um is the trigger yeah you know being sort of outsizedly you know reactive to something it's like something happens somebody says something and it's like you know, 10 out of 10 when really it should have been a two out of 10, you know, response. So seeing that in myself, like, like, well, you know, there's the emotion part of it and it's kind of a feeling in the body too, you know, like a adrenaline heart mm-hmm. racing, maybe a flush. Um, so there seems to be both emotional and a, a body sensation around triggering.
1: Yeah, that disproportionate response is really mm-hmm. um, interesting to observe in yourself and others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's sometimes you go into an area and you know the other person is very likely going to have a reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then that's difficult because there's things you need to talk about that may be connected to that mm-hmm. topic. And um, so you can sort of have a little bit of patience mm-hmm. for people when you're going into an area where they're, Not that well-resourced, you might say, Mm -hmm. put it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of know what's going
0: to come. So once once we've found these juicy shadow pieces, (laughs) (laughs) and I, I like to think of it that way, it's, they may be things that I've shoved down or that they're shameful in some, you know, perspective, but that they're really opportunities to, to move to peace and to move to, to joy in life. So, so once we, once we've found some pieces, you know, what's, what are the steps?
1: Yeah. um, It's interesting, you know, if if people have known you for a long time, they typically know your stuff and it's funny you said messy because messy is one of those shadow pieces. I mean, Mm. cluttery, you know, a cluttery dirty environment is a shadow piece. And it's literally, you know, at the, at the extreme of that, you go to hoarding. Right. (laughs) So I guess one way we could uh, deal with it is we could, you know, invite a reality uh, TV show to come and help us clean up our place. And, you know, that'd be great. We can get paid and get our house cleaned up for hoarders. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we won't show. We won't show my desk right now.
1: Yeah, our desks are not on on camera. No,
0: I got the sticky note. You know, uh, <laughs> I got a plague of sticky notes happening right now. <laughs> yes, I have a herd of, a herd of sticky notes. Yes. Yeah, and it's a messy herd. It's not a orderly. No, it's herd. not. No,
1: these, these cattle need to be wrangled.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it gets you know that first step is acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. You know, acknowledging that it's well first of all within all of us that, yeah. you know back to that what we talked about earlier, it's like it's not just me um it's within really everybody, so acknowledging that it's part of the human condition mm. mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah, it expresses a bit different in different cultures, like in Japan, they talk about losing face or in the Asian cultures in general. And in the Western culture, it may be more about, you know, we tend to worship entrepreneurs right now at this time in our society at a different time, you know, say the Renaissance area uh, or the Renaissance era, you know, the people who were like the uh, Leonardo da Vinci's, right, were the mm-hmm. sort of idols of the time. And at different times, it would have been maybe religious leaders. And if we're in a um, a certain culture, we might have individual role models within
0: those cultures.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, it, and it, you know, it seems to be certainly happens in the the guru world as well, where there's yeah there's someone being held up as being very high, and and that there's a fall, you know, and that that something lower, dark, something we don't like, maybe about ourselves or has come out they've in their behavior or their history or something. And it's just part of acknowledging that even though we have these role models, these heroes, these exalted teachers, that they, they all have, it. they have everything too. They have these shadows as well. Yes.
1: Yeah. And they may be very high. They may have not, they may have overcome most of their shadow or, or all of it in some parts of their life. And, uh, having been around a few very high consciousness people, there is still a personality and, um, and there's that place that they seem to go to where they're beautific almost and mm-hmm. extremely, uh, I tend to think of it as raw resourced or they're just a very, very high consciousness person in several mm-hmm. parts of their life. And it's pretty impressive to be around them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, step one: acknowledge mm-hmm. that it's within all of us. Step two: accept that it's part of you. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not just them out there, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's not in just us them. too. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's a nice one to skip over once in a while, you know. Just kind <laughs> of <laughs> we'll just go right to. Maybe screen. you should
0: work on that shadow in yourself. Uh, yes. Yeah. So accepting that it's it's part of us and it's there. Yeah. And then uh, number three, what's that one, Jeff? So yeah. So it's interesting. These things pop up in different ways. So it's expressing, or identifying how it's expressing in our mm-hmm. life. So if it's we go back to that survival by dominating others, unconscious uh, shadow or belief, then. How's that, how's that showing up? You know, where's it showing up in my life? Like, where am I, um, unconsciously trying to dominate others in order to be okay to, you know, to survive. And so it's identifying where, where these are showing up in our life.
1: You're like my, my pickup truck is bigger than yours. You know? <laughs> I think yours is bigger than mine right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh you got right the two inch you got the two yeah, right now, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got a two inch lift, oh, I'm gonna get a three inch lift. Oh, going I get a three inch lift, I'm gonna get a four inch lift. You got thirty so thirty one inch tires? Oh, I think I need some thirty threes. I mean wow. that's kind of funny,
0: but you know. <laughs> so, you know, I hadn't thought about that one as being a dominant a domination. Piece, but yeah, it's like a comparison yeah. to others and wanting to be better than, yeah, yeah,
1: it's you know, kind of male, the kind of male uh, example, mm-hmm. but you know, women could do it through, you know, they have they are, the genders have their own their own ways of doing it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I think just poking fun find ourselves is probably the safest way to get through this, Jeff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> So, then, what about number four there, Clayton?
1: Number four on how to work with your shadow
0: mm.
1: is um, to work on transcending it through love of self, others, and all of creation. Mm. 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 So, we've acknowledged that it's in us. So, it's within all of us. We accept that it it's part of us. We identify how it's expressing, and then we work on transcending it through
0: love of self, others, and all of creation. Yeah, that love of self is first. Because um, <laughs> that's like just that shame of, oh, man, you know, I'm doing that. And, uh, you know, I thought it was better. I thought it was higher consciousness. I thought I was, you know, more evolved in other ways. But no, it's that love of self coming back to that forgiveness Mm. and love. Hmm. Yeah, it's a big,
1: big topic. I mean, Um, I got into a conversation last week with somebody about, you know, in the office where we measure the level of consciousness of the field between the employees, right. Mm. And that's part of our, our cultural kind of metrics that we use. And we measure that on a scale parallel to the Hawkins scale of consciousness and it's a little bit technical, but, it's basically how well do people get along? You know, how well do we treat each other? And uh, it was noted by somebody that certain people in the office are very good at creating a high consciousness or loving field amongst the staff, and they're not as good at that as uh, they're not as good at that as they are. Let's reframe this. They are better at creating a high consciousness field than loving themselves. Mm. So they're better at creating an environment mm-hmm. out there than they are at
0: mm-hmm.
1: loving themselves. It's,
0: so they skipped the loving self step and went to the loving other step. Yeah, yeah. Or, or creating an environment where people feel loved, mm-hmm. which is, I think, mm-hmm. pretty
1: really close. We got into this conversation. We were trying to, you know, get those delineations and,
0: and distinctions, and not mm-hmm.
1: I don't think that conversation is done. It's a really interesting mm-hmm. one.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's another survival piece is having others love themselves or other, you know, creating a loving environment so that you're included, you know, people want you back. Yeah.
1: That would be a more subtle form of uh, ego than the bigger tires on the bigger truck. I think,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a lot more subtle.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, but nonetheless, I, I I think the, the person was pointing this out. I think they, I think it's true. In that situation, yeah.
0: So it's taking the time to, to do this, to really work on love of self, love of others, and love of all of creation. So how does it fit into the bigger bigger picture? Um so that yeah, it's key to have the time to have the quiet time to to do that. And there's a lot of techniques out there about self love and mm-hmm we won't get into a lot of detail in this episode about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, when we're looking at, um, when we're screening people for hiring, we, uh, we measure the level of consciousness of their intent towards business, mm. towards the government, towards, uh, the company. And it's a way of understanding Um, how much love they have in their life. Mm. It's paradoxical that if you want to come and work for a company, that your level of consciousness of your intent towards business in general is low. Now, in some ways, business has earned that because of the things that have been done by business or in the name of business. And you could also draw that metaphor towards, say, church. or or God, you know, the things that have been done in the name of God or in the Mm -hmm. name of religion. And every religion has had people rationalize behavior that is uh, sometimes horrendous Mm -hmm. because it's in the name of God or in the name of a religion or in the name of a church or in the name of, you know, inside the government or, uh, you know, business as we talked about. You know, there's there's a lot of ways to rationalize uh, negative behavior, mm-hmm. and so it's really easy to get an attitude that business or church or the government or religion is um, unethical, non integrous bad, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. The paradox is is that it seems that love is the only thing that can really change the systems Mm -hmm. and ourselves and, you know, these, these big issues, Mm -hmm. but the judgment keeps us away from, from being loving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a paradox. Mm
0: -hmm. And just to know in those organizations, whether, you know, government, business, different businesses, they're all people with the same shadow, Mm -hmm. same, you know, struggles, same, same uh, you know evolution of whatever path they're on yeah, I mean I, I remember
1: talking to I remember one conversation with a guy that worked in a governmental agency, and i had a I was frustrated with something I was trying to get done, you know, and we had lunch one day, and we were talking, and he's saying you know they're, they're just people they're just doing a job, they're just trying to make a mm-hmm. living um, you know, and we end up talking about that for probably an hour and he had worked in that for so long and he had made peace with it you know basically said we are the government of course we make the laws Mm -hmm. we change them we modify them and we can totally cancel them rewrite them Mm -hmm. there's a big uh issue right now before the courts in the u.s hey jeff Uh, roe versus wade
0: yeah yeah Yeah, that's that's a that's a huge Huge. one
1: Mm -hmm. so we are the government we make the laws and after he sort of talked me through that i don't know what happened but my attitude about government definitely up leveled mm. and in fact i had this a couple of really weird experiences where i i called or i called this agency to get something done and it just happened effortlessly like it was like mm. well, they said oh yeah well you just you know you made a mistake here in this form and so it kind of got stuck in the system but why don't we just change this right now you're this is being recorded. So do you say this is the correct answer? I said, yeah. So they they changed it. And then something got fixed, like right away where it was like weeks and weeks of drama, trying to get hold of people waiting for an hour on the phone. I literally picked up the phone called, you know, it rang. I got somebody, they put me through and it was like two minutes. It was done.
0: And that was after coming to peace. That was
1: after that conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With this guy, with this guy, Rob was his name. Mm -hmm. And I remember the conversation uh, he worked in government and then he worked in the, in the police. And um, now I think, you know, he was at a very high place of being at peace with how the government works and how the system works, if you want to call it that. And I had a couple of experiences within the next two weeks that were very different than what I'd had before. And I kept most of that. I don't think I kept all of it because he was really, really high in that area. But, I think I went over the the tipping point, you know, when you go from being frustrated with something to, well, I guess frustration is probably maybe close to anger at 150 on the Hawkins scale, mm-hmm. and I'm certainly that he took me over 200 that day just being in his presence, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how high it is now, but for me, that's a real practical example of mm-hmm. of an unconscious part of myself that. I assumed based upon my relationship with government after had changed. Now, um, how can I prove that? I don't know, but my experience is very different.
0: So that's one technique or one way to transcend an issue is to be around people who already have. already have it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we'll hit some of those other techniques Mm -hmm. and then we'll come back to To one of the things you're really good at putting things out in front um yeah so being around someone is that's like the grace of the guru guru. we've talked about that before Mm -hmm. so someone's in a high consciousness in a certain area and so being around them up levels us um just being in their field in their consciousness field yes and you know another technique of transcendence is surrendering surrendering to a higher power to god to divinity to however you 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 experience that which is you know in in the first case you're in someone's field who's higher and in this case you're in the divinity field which is even higher most likely um, in the at least 850 right if you surrender to a higher power
1: yes if you're measuring the the level of consciousness of the technique when you include spiritual will which is invoking the will of a power greater than yourselves, then the level of consciousness of that technique goes to eight fifty and it could be even higher than that. That spiritual will is the is the key factor there
0: in and mm-hmm.
1: surrendering to divinity.
0: hmm So that's a tra- transcendent method, of course, one mm-hmm. of one of the fastest and um most complete and could mean therapy. Yeah. You know, just talk therapy with a psychiatrist or psychologists to you know dig into those corners and try to surface you know maybe a childhood incident or something that's that you have, have suppressed um, energetic medicine you've got a lot of experience there yeah the classic
1: ones that are known are the Gary uh, Craig's work the tapping hmm. there's a lot of energetic medicine techniques out there I mean. We won't get into, you know, a lot of details in in this conversation, but if you just do some searching around, you'll find lots
0: of information on energetic medicine. Yeah, that's a big one. Joy therapy. We talked about that (laughs) earlier. (laughs) It's like go out and enjoy yourself, you know, do something really positive. It's almost like your experience with government, like you had a joy it almost sounds to me like you had a joyful experience of government and calling that number and getting such a fast response.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it wasn't until it was all over that I realized how different it was than what I experienced in the past. Yeah. It was, it was kind of almost funny, actually. It's like, what was the big story about that? I was making up, you know, and generally now I, I don't have a, much of a hard time dealing with government. I mean, I don't really yeah. like it sometimes, but, and it's slower than I'd like and might be more expensive, but some of the edge has gone anyway, probably most of it. Mm-hmm. So that would be uh yeah, grace of the guru, but this is joy therapy. It's it's you know, life looks different when you're at thirty five thousand feet. When you're really in a good place, it's healing. Mm-hmm. It reframes uh well, my experience is that it reframes the past. You have more acceptance and compassion for that other part of yourself that struggled with it for
0: years Mm -hmm. so getting getting yourself or when you're in a high vibration or getting yourself in a high vibration and then bringing this issue into like bringing it in bring it in yeah yeah like bringing into the sun shine the light on the shadow
1: yeah if you're if you're Use the government, for example, if you're in a pretty joyful place most of the day and you have to do something to deal with the government and you think you can get it done in a relatively short period of time, you can use the joy and the energy of positivity to go into that space and come out knowing that you have the joy within you still. Mm -hmm. And if you're on, you know, if you're starting to get uh, cranky because you're on hold for half an hour, then you can hang up and call back again, and maybe you'll get through in a few minutes, mm-hmm. but you, uh, keep, keep yourself in the joy zone. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And of course, another t- technique for transcendence of uh, the shadow is time in a high consciousness field, um, which, you know, uh, we really talked about being around somebody that's high consciousness in the subject. You know, surrendering to divinity again—that's even higher consciousness field. And then there's a high consciousness environment, um, whether it's a place that you always go to 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 pray and to contemplate, really special place for you, uh, in your home or mm-hmm. somewhere outside or even a place of worship. Um, in the FLFE environment, high consciousness field. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about shadow in a high consciousness field, but that's another way to 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 transcend. Yeah, you know, often spending t- time in
1: a high consciousness field will get you into a more joyful state, a loving or joyful state. So it's kind of a chicken and the egg there. You know, uh, <laughs> you get both the
0: chicken and the egg in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've noticed when I when I'm working on something and it pops kind of the final piece goes there is that like joyful you know surge that happens um doesn't happen every time but it does when i'm using an energetic medicine technique and i'm working on something and then when it finally pops there's there is that joyful um piece that happens
1: um yeah yeah. it's like the energy was stagnated and then it releases i mean i feel literally talking about popping i'm thinking about chiropractic treatments
0: mm. like when
1: i go to a chiropractor sometimes you know there is a pop oftentimes it's just proprioception by the chiropractor you know kneading on the sore spots but I, I go to an old school chiropractor and i've tried some of these new other ones so i'll probably move more towards a, a new styles but when they do an adjustment there's sometimes a kind of a, a click or a pop and then the energy flows and it's just you leave there kind of
0: giddy <laughs> yeah, that's a good metaphor. Was, so one of the things that wouldn't have been on my list normally was winning big in your life. <laughs> that that was where did that come from? That was interesting. Um, I guess that's you know being in joy, being in a high field or in joy, but like winning in your life as a way to heal and have shadow things appear maybe more easily.
1: Yeah. When we were planning this, it was an interesting thought that came up. There seems to be some distinction between being in joy and maybe it's a higher level or if it's just a a wider level, but Mm -hmm. winning big in your life and being in a great place, like not just temporarily, but just really winning. It's again, it's, I don't think it's the same, but it's similar to that, you know, that metaphor of being in a plane and looking down at the world and things just you have a different perspective Mm -hmm. and there's um i guess for me winning big is having a lot of resources to bring to bear on a topic Mm -hmm. whereas you could be joyful and be broke (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but winning big is having resources Mm -hmm. and um you know it's typically when we talk about resources we talk about time energy and money and business anyway if you have lots of time because you're able to delegate things and you have a life where you can afford to delegate to people then you have the time part and energy if you have you know money to have you know eat decent food and and have a nice place to live and you know a vehicle if you need it whatever you need to do to uh, have a happy energetic life and then money you know um, when you have that magic formula where You've got time, energy, and money to use that's that's kind of what I think the winning big thing means to me anyway, Jeff.
0: It could be that uncomfortably successful yes piece, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah,
1: right on the edge right on the other edge of winning big is like oh, this is getting uncomfortably good, and you may not say that to yourself, but you'll notice you do little things to kind of slow it down, you know.
0: And there's yeah. that, so there's the shadow showing itself. As a um, shadow, yeah. In the, so maybe more clearly there, it's appearing because the, you know, you're un, you're successful and uncomfortably so. Okay, well, why am I uncomfortable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you may not put those two thoughts together, but
1: all of a sudden you start self-destructing, right? Mm. It's like something's going on.
0: Yeah, important shadow work to, to get on. Yeah. So in a high consciousness field, say in the FLFE environment or other place that you may go to, um let's talk about what's what it, what are the characteristics of working with shadow in with that support of that high conscious environment. Right. So the
1: benefits of working in a high consciousness field, yeah, because FLFE is that's what it's really all about. Uh well, like the, the first thing that came up, came up on our on our list, Jeff was that being in a high consciousness field is you feel safer. Mm. Mhm. Uh you're not like looking over your shoulder watching your back. Mhm. There's more calmness and relaxation. And you know that allows you more space to, to to work on things. At Least more probably more energy and
0: maybe more time. Yeah, it seems in that love level of love field like the athletic environment that we can be more loving to ourselves mm-hmm. and that's such an important part of that transcend transcendence is forgiving and loving ourselves so it's kind of a more kind more forgiving more loving environment when you're at that you know mid to high 500s on the hawkins map mm-hmm. yes yeah,
1: so when we were we were planning this, we talked about uh, it being easier to acknowledge personal deficiencies, if that's the right word, in self and others, in a higher, safer-feeling environment with more light, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Uh, it's almost like you can afford to acknowledge your deficiencies because there's more capacity in the environment to manage mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about people backstabbing you or – Yeah, it's kind of a slang word, but you don't have to worry about a lot of that petty stuff that goes on when people are bickering
0: and arguing with each other and only Mm -hmm. looking out for themselves. Yeah. So in the high conscious environment, you you feel like you're in the love zone, more forgiving, more loving, that that's um, just easier to acknowledge those. It's safer to acknowledge those deficiencies where it's not so safe. So in a low consciousness field, we're a low area where there's low people where there's there is that self centering and like you said, backstabbing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm glad that you know we're we're at this time in history and where we live that it's actually not knives. That's the backstabbing. Yes, it's, 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 it's the <laughs> it's thoughts words. or the
1: metaphors. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And that positioning of dominance, you know, that's that so acknowledging your deficiency in that environment is no you're not that's dangerous you're going to keep that to yourself oh
1: yeah no it's like showing a vulnerability it's uh you know i talk to different people in in business in particular and they they these metaphors of think of thinking of the business as a wolf pack you know and they're the alpha male and because i did coaching for 25 mm-hmm. years and a lot of them were business owners so i typically worked with business owners or senior management people um and when they used metaphors of where you know, one there's only one person that could be the alpha or the dominant, that typically means they're in that kind of think way of thinking, which is the self centered, um, ego based thinking. And and it, mm-hmm. you know, it's I don't like to spend a lot time around those people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, you know, it might, it's one thing to have a casual metaphor just to, to try to give an example. But when it's a way of being and a way of relating to the world,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. In those situations, we take care of ourselves, kind of back to our boundaries conversation a couple episodes ago and, yeah. and um, you know, do our own work and love and forgiveness. So I'd like to do a little metaphor related to back to the big picture of evolution. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we've been talking about shadow and work with shadow as one part of our evolutionary process and how that's um, assisted in a high consciousness field. There's, you know, we've, we've talked about lots of techniques for that and steps to, to to recognize, acknowledge and, love and forgive ourselves and others um, It's the idea of a, a lamp. Like, like that you could, you could use the metaphor of a, like a multifaceted glass enclosed lamp with a light inside. And you know, that light is our own personal light that's always there shining. You could say that part of divinity in ourselves or the good in ourselves, however you want to, to look at it. And that, um, this, this work, in this case, the uh, shadow work, where, where they're kind of cleaning those panes so the light can shine out, or we're putting a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're putting a Band-Aid on it, which is going to block even more light. But, man, we're, we're going to hide that shadow deep, you know. And it just means hiding our light.
1: Yeah, we're either putting the Band-Aids on or we're taking them <laughs> off, one of the two.
0: <laughs> sometimes ripping those band-aids off can be a little painful.
1: Yeah. Some you want to just take them off nice and slow. <laughs> and every once in a while, you know, you just, you grab one band-aid, pull it off to get four or five. Yeah. A yeah. little, little grace there. Bonus band-aids. Bonus band-aids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what yeah. would you recommend Clayton for people to try uh, at home around this?
1: Well yeah, so closing thoughts. Um what I would recommend that people try is to remember is to remember that the thing you have the most control over in your life is you. You don't have control over your children or your spouse or your boss or your employees or the people you manage or the government or the environment or the economy or religion or or anything outside of you, the most control you have is over you Mm. and control. Isn't, isn't a bad word when used in this context. And so keep the emphasis on doing your own personal work. And when I first got into energetic medicine in a deep way, I made a list of 27 things in my life that I wanted to change. I remember that number exactly because it was uh, it was a pretty long list and um, probably still working on a few of them in different ways. But when I found a, a good tool, um, I made a list and I got to work on it. And so I would say keep the emphasis on you changing yourself and taking individual responsibility for your life.
0: Yeah, thank you, Clayton. Well, thank you for joining us in this episode. We're glad to have you with us on this Band-Aid pulling episode. (laughs) And we look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.
1: Thank you for joining this episode of Fields of Consciousness, a podcast for consciousness conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a no credit card free trial of Focused Life Force High Consciousness Environment for 15 days.
0: If you like, you can subscribe to Fields of Consciousness podcasts and please tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11.11 a.m. PST. Onward and upward.